0: To capture, retain, and grow your audiences, you need to find new ways of breaking through the digital
1: noise. How do you consistently deliver, monetize,
0: and amplify your content and grow your business? With a streaming-first strategy and a streaming-focused partner,
1: Brightco can help you own your digital future no matter where you are in your journey. Watch what happens when you leverage the power of the world's most trusted streaming platform. Brightco, full stream ahead.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to Brightco's 2022 analyst and investor presentation. I'm Rob Norick, our Chief Financial Officer. A little later today, you will hear from me on the impact our strategy will have on our financial expectations over the coming years. Before that, you will get a deeper dive into our vision, mission, and strategy from our CEO, Mark DeBois, and our senior leadership team, who Mark will introduce in a few moments. Please take a moment to review the safe harbor statement that is now on the screen. Also, throughout today's presentation, we will refer to certain non-GAAP metrics, a reconciliation of which will be provided at the end of this presentation. A copy of which, along with the video of today's presentation, will be posted to our investor relations website shortly after the conclusion of today's event. With that, I'll introduce our CEO, Mark DeBavoise, to begin the presentation.
3: Thank you, Rob. And hello, everyone. On behalf of our board and management team, I want to thank you so much for taking this time today to learn more about our business and company. I joined Brightcove six months ago now as CEO after a 25 year career so far at the intersection of media, entertainment, technology, the Internet and streaming. I joined because we are a unique company at a unique moment in our industry. We have been at the nexus of content and the internet since the early days, spending nearly two decades helping lead the multi-device streaming video revolution. Already over a decade as a public company. I joined Brightco because I truly believe we have the opportunity to reaccelerate growth, deliver consistent and profitable financial results, and generate meaningful returns for shareholders. What I hope you take away from this session is that going forward we have the right goals, the right vision and strategy, the right technology and solutions, and the right go-to-market approach, plus the right team to execute it. I also hope you see that with that strategy and execution, we also have the backdrop of clear industry trends that will enable us to deliver accelerated and consistent revenue growth and continue our history of adjusted EBITDA profitability. Today, you will hear from a number of members of the senior leadership team we've assembled. As Peter Drucker famously said, and our chief people officer, Trisha Stiles, often repeats to us, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture is driven by the right people set upon the right mission. This team believes in our strategy and believes in building a culture of performance based on expertise, execution, accountability, and what I call engagement. That's the combination of both enjoying and possessing ambition for what you do. I am proud to lead our team and excited for you to hear from this incredible group of executives today. Let me introduce them briefly. You'll hear from David Beck, our Chief Strategy and Corporate Development Officer, a media and technology veteran with deep expertise as a management and strategic consultant at the likes of Bain and his own company, Brave Ventures. He's a former M&A banker and a media and strategy operational leader at the likes of Univision, Warner Media, and AMC Networks. He'll go into a deeper dive on the unique moment we're in in our industries and how that has helped develop our strategic point of view. We'll hear from Scott Levine, our head of product, who has spent two decades building and leading streaming products at the likes of AOL and Televisa Univision. Scott will deliver a deeper overview of our solutions and how we use them to solve our media and enterprise customers' needs. We'll hear from Marty Roberts, our SVP of product strategy and product marketing, a successful entrepreneur, veteran of Comcast the platform, who joined us through our acquisition of his company, Wicket Labs, now the Brightcove Audience Insights platform. Marty will detail our strategic product initiatives and how they will help deliver for us. We'll hear from Jennifer Smith, our CMO, a Forbes Communication Council member, a customer-driven CMO with deep SaaS experience at the likes of Software AG, Progress Software, Avid Technologies, and Alfresco. Jennifer will share our plan on a deeper consultative approach to developing clients' streaming businesses and their content. She'll also give a high-level overview of how we will drive greater demand for our solutions through amplifying our brand awareness across our key markets. You'll hear from Dan Freund, our CRO, a 15-year-plus veteran of Oracle, now fresh off two successful SaaS growth revitalizations at QuickBase and, most recently, BrandWatch. Dan will take us through our approach to the market, including our new focus on strategically large accounts and on broader engagements through partnership. Finally, you'll hear from Rob Norick, our CFO, a finance leader with 25 years of experience with companies such as Fidelity and Flow Sports. In addition to his broad financial knowledge and expertise, Rob is a Brightcove veteran, having joined more than a decade ago and assuming the role of CFO in 2018. At the end, we'll do a Q&A session with Rob, Dan, Jen, and me, led by As you'll hear from us today, we're going to be clear on our goals, vision, mission, and strategy. Let me share those with you now at a high level. I'll start with our four goals. The first is to return to growth in revenue and adjusted EBITDA. The second is to gain more scale in revenue and operations. The third is to continue to diversify our revenue in terms of business lines, geography, industries, and models. And the fourth is to be excellent for our customers and our employees. It's something we will strive for and deliver. Our vision is to be the most trusted streaming technology company in the world. We chose this vision carefully, trusted in both the way our customers should feel about us and how broadly we are deployed. Streaming because that's what we do. We deliver media over the internet. Technology is at our core with expertise and services that enable our customers to realize greater value. And finally, we are global, proud to serve customers and partners in over 80 countries with teams specializing locally. Our mission is to deliver the highest quality, most scalable and secure streaming technology for any company, brand or creator to own their digital future. We will achieve this by combining the most complete solutions with curated content services and a team of experts to lead customers through every stage. We want customers and prospects and investors to see our ambition here. We have big ideas, goals, and plans. And we want to enable all types of companies to execute in streaming, including with their customers directly via their own platforms. We have five pillars to our strategy. They are either about our solutions and services that we sell, the go-to-market parts of our business, or both. On the solutions and services side, our strategy is simple. We want to create new and larger revenue opportunities and improve retention with both media and enterprise customers. How we will do this is clear. First, through being more end-to-end. Given that streaming is a series of software and other technologies brought together to deliver video, we want to be able, for many of our customers, to do nearly all of it. Anything that can help our customers turn to us versus another company for their streaming needs. Pursuing being more complete versus less will enable us to deliver for more customers, deliver bigger deals and better outcomes for them. And even when we don't do it all, we wanna have the capabilities to serve more of them, with point solutions that are part of the complete package. Second, we wanna accelerate and incubate our customers. Acceleration means finding new ways to help our existing companies, our existing customers grow their businesses faster. Take our ad monetization initiative that Marty will go deeper on shortly. For many of our media customers, they have unsold video ad inventory. And if we can help them accelerate their business and make money on that inventory, they will have a better business. We will deserve a cut. Plus they will be more likely to renew and grow with us. On the enterprise side, we often find prospects who don't have enough video content. Our goal with them will be to help them incubate a streaming strategy and source that content. That's part of our content as a service initiative, something Jen will go deeper on in a bit. In terms of our go-to-market strategy, our strategy is also clear here. We need to continually serve our customers better, serve more of them in larger ways, and find more efficient ways to reach them. Our strategy here has two parts. First, to super serve the largest customers. This one is simple we are going to go after bigger customers and bigger deals with our direct sales force. We're also going to push to retain and grow the biggest customers we already have. We had a strong example of this in Q3 with one of our largest customers in Asia, as you may have heard on our earnings stream last week. Second, we want to partner in the broader market. While a direct sales force is great for going after larger deals, for smaller customers, we will need to find partners that can help us bring them in at scale. This is about finding channel partners, resellers, and partnerships that will move the needle without us having to staff multiple sets of sales and services teams on each. Finally, we want to increase our business model flexibility and, therefore, our revenue opportunities. This is about expanding our business models. Historically, we have avoided business models that weren't SaaS. SaaS is a great model, and it's our core, but it doesn't need to be our only one. This strategy frees our commercial teams to pursue areas of business that might be based more on services revenue, revenue shares, or other fees. For example, to pursue solutions around ad monetization that rely on revenue shares, a consultancy based on one-time engagement fees, or an analytics model based purely on usage. These are all good things that demonstrate the leverage in our business. Our strategy is clearly about growing revenue and adjusted EBITDA, and I believe this is about realizing the leverage potential in our business model. Not debt leverage, but the idea that our scale of customer base and operational capability gives us the opportunity to grow our core revenue business and new high margin business lines on top of or adjacent to that core. We are approaching this by strategically pushing our teams to focus their execution toward things that can either increase ARPU This is an area where the leverage in our model can be really impactful. Grow our customer base, not on a raw numbers basis necessarily, although I'm not against that, but specifically around more larger customers and a broader set of smaller customers that can be driven through scaled partnerships. And three, improve retention, especially with our largest customers on the media side of the business. Rob and the team will go deeper into the various levers and focus areas we have to drive these three things. This strategy was developed with a deep understanding of where our markets are headed in both the media customer base and our enterprises. You'll hear David talk about how we strongly believe that our strategy best aligns Breakout with these current and future market trends, many of which are new phenomena and provide us with a number of ways to accelerate growth in the years to come. Ultimately, this will drive us towards our vision to be the most trusted streaming technology company in the world. When you look back at our goals, we also believe this strategy will enable us to deliver on them. In terms of growth, we are focused on revenue growth and getting back to consistent double digits long-term. We're focused on growing our adjusted EBITDA profitability, too. Double-digit margins is our expectation. With this growth and the strategy above, our business will remain diversified. We do not have customer concentration issues. But by only pursuing SaaS models in the past, we have ignored the leverage potential driven by our model and our 2,000 strong premium customer base. We intend to strive for excellence in our quality of delivery and solutions and as an employer. We have great people and hiring and keeping them is the lifeblood of our business. you will meet a few of them in just a few moments. The last point I wanna make is about our goal of scale. In today's public markets, we are not yet at the scale or consistency to demand all types of investors take notice. I believe we can be. This will come with growing the business both organically and potentially through acquisitions. We are a disciplined group on this front, but also see the coming years as a huge opportunity to look at the streaming technology space, at our customer base, at our capabilities, and ultimately potentially be a consolidator. The space is highly fragmented While we're one of the largest and one of the only EBITDA positive companies in our space, it's a space that we believe should have meaningfully more scaled leaders. We are seeking to be one of those more scaled leaders, both organically and potentially through acquisitions. I cannot make predictions about how, when, and with whom this might occur, but we intend to be at the ready to execute on delivering a truly scaled streaming technology company more broadly. We strongly believe the streaming technology market can support a company generating hundreds and hundreds of millions in revenue with substantial profitability that can create billions of dollars of shareholder value. I think Breakout can be this company, and that's why I'm here, to help make that happen. Again, I want to thank you for spending this time with us today. We have some amazing people who are about to tell you all about our business. With that, I will turn it over to David Beck, our Chief Strategy and Corporate Development Officer, to give you the backdrop of our industry and how we use that to inform our strategy.
4: Thank you, Mark. Over the past decade, and even more so the past three years, we've witnessed a rapid evolution of the video ecosystem. From mega media company mergers and acquisitions and breakups, to the proliferation of streaming platforms, to the near ubiquitous use of video, throughout our professional, educational, and family lives. As Mark highlighted just a few moments ago, with this rapid change comes a myriad of opportunities for Brightcove. I'm going to be briefly walking you through what we've seen happening in the market and how that's informing our strategy and approach to capturing growth, both organically and through M&A. At Brightcove, our strategy starts with a clear understanding of both the needs of our clients and the end users they serve as well as the trends impacting both of them. Our clients generally fall into two major categories. Media clients who serve fans of every genre of video content in every corner of the world, and enterprise clients who are marketers, communications, and HR professionals leveraging video to engage consumers, B2B buyers, and employees. So whether you're streaming The Walking Dead on AMC+, Plus learning how to install backyard lights from a video on Home Depot's mobile app, or you're an employee of Deloitte watching a personalized internal company video network. Brightcove is the platform powering these experiences. We've architected our strategy based on the needs and trends impacting our clients and the end users in these specific categories. So over the next few minutes, I'll not only highlight some of these trends, many of which you are likely already familiar with as an end user, But also how we tie these trends to our strategy and growth initiatives. Let's start with consumer trends in media. There's no question COVID accelerated digital video and streaming adoption, introducing consumers to multiple models of consumption, including SVOD, AVOD, and more recently, FAST, free ad-supported streaming TV. Today, all forms of streaming continue to grow, albeit a little slower post-COVID. But what's been most interesting to us is that while the headlines capture the stories of big streaming companies experiencing a slowdown in subscription growth, the next tier of streamers are growing their share of viewing. We like this trend for two reasons. Number one, the majority of our media clients are these second tier services who are gaining share. Number two, the slowdown in growth for big services is actually creating an opportunity for Brightcobe to win business which we'll talk about in a few moments. Now, the other two trends we have our eye on are number one, the proliferation of creator content and the increased opportunities to monetize that content. And second are the pockets of accelerated growth that we're seeing in streaming in certain verticals like live shopping. In aggregate, these trends in consumer behaviors are forcing shifts in the business models and offerings of media clients. Over the past five years, competition between insurgent streaming platforms and traditional media companies sparked a rapid acceleration of spending on and production of content to meet consumer demand. At the same time, big media companies also began investing and actually over-investing in building everything in-house. That means technology and teams, and that quickly led to an unsustainable business model. This has proven itself out, and much so in the press, with the consolidation or shutting down of services by big media companies, rapid cost-cutting across the board, which we see and hear about almost every week, and the shifting of spend to content, which is the true differentiator in sub or viewer acquisition and retention, not technology. Bottom line, streaming maturity, consolidation, and content expense are driving outsourced technology opportunities with the majors and Brightcove is aggressively pursuing these opportunities. As for the proliferation of creator content, we expect and hope to accelerate a trend of top-tier creators looking to technology and solutions providers to help them directly monetize their content. Likewise, ambitious, top-tier, long-form content producers will have the opportunity to go direct, taking more ownership of how they monetize their IP. This is something you can learn more about by tuning into Brightcove's premier season of play. Mark dedicates an entire episode to this topic. Now let's shift to the trends impacting our enterprise clients. As a reminder, our enterprise clients are marketers, communications, and HR professionals who are leveraging video to engage consumers, B2B buyers, and employees. Whether D2C or B2B, video is critical to the buyer's journey. What we mean by this is that for D to C, people are increasingly using video to, ins- to discover and inform their purchase decisions. And second, they're increasingly being convinced to make purchase decisions based on those videos. Similarly, in the B2B market, buyers find that video has a greater impact on purchasing than any other form of content. And buyers are more receptive to sales communications from a business after consuming their video content. For communications and HR executives, the task of effectively engaging hybrid workforces remains as challenging as ever. Employees across industries express frustration in understanding their organization's goals, businesses are reporting higher turnover rates, and both hybrid and remote workers continue to report feeling disconnected from their organization's culture. Bottom line, video usage meaningfully improves marketing effectiveness, and conversion with both consumers and business users. The employee engagement journey has changed forever because of COVID, and video is now a key way to improve recruitment, engagement, and retention. Now, like our media clients, these trends are creating shifts in the business models and offerings of enterprise clients. When we talk to CMOs, and as you'll hear from our own CMO later in this presentation, optimizing your video strategy across channels is the new table stakes. Video has become the dominant media format for marketing. CMOs are shifting more budget to video, and the overall use of video in their marketing mix is increasing. When we talk to communications and HR executives, they tell us that video is becoming a critical means to address challenges in the new normal of remote and hybrid work. Video is how they engage thousands of employees in dozens of locations using an always-on video channel. Video is how they provide live and on-demand training. And video on any device is how corporations are connecting to employees, whether one-to-one or one-to-many in real time. To summarize, video is growing in use for both marketers and enterprises more broadly. Video enables a reach and engagement impossible with other media in terms of customer, employee, and partner activation. Now, enterprises are realizing this as well. They, too, are becoming media companies. But many lack the internal resources, expertise, and scale in video creation and management to go it alone. And that's where BrightCove continues to partner with them, delivering on our vision of being the most trusted streaming technology company in the world. So that's a lot, yes. But that's why we are so excited about the opportunity in front of us. Regardless of what type of company you are, somewhere in your organization, you will need a video streaming strategy and a platform partner that enables you to leverage the power of video to serve your business objectives. All of the client and end-user needs and trends I just discussed inform our strategy and how we meet our business objectives. Now, Mark touched on this earlier, but let me reiterate our approach, our strategic framework for growth. Very simply, it breaks into two buckets— the solutions and services that will create new and larger client opportunities and improve retention, and how we go to market to better and more efficiently capture our addressable market. Now, what you can't possibly read on the screen, and shouldn't try to, are just a sample of initiatives that we've developed that address the needs and trends of our clients and the end users I outlined earlier. You're going to be introduced to many of them in the upcoming sections of this presentation, But first, Scott Levine, our head of product, is going to walk you through the foundational products and services BrightCove will build on to deliver on the core needs of our clients. I hope this has been helpful in grounding you in our strategic approach to growth. The best of what BrightCove delivers to clients is next to come. Thank you.
1: Thank you, David. I would like to provide an overview of the streaming supply chain and then how Brightcove leads the marketplace in solutions for that supply chain, offering both core foundational point services and end-to-end solutions. The core foundational services Brightcove brings to market are world-class encoding and delivery, highly scalable and open video players, and end-to-end insights that take data to action. With these core components, customers get best-in-class services, the power events like the World Cup and the Olympics. For customers looking for a full solution, Bryco delivers those core services in end-to-end offerings. These offerings let our customers focus on their expertise and content, while we do the heavy lifting of delivering streaming to the end user. So now let's talk about how Brightcove helps solve it all. Zencoder is our cloud-based encoding platform performing the content ingestion step of the supply chain. A highly scalable service that supports a wide range of video and audio formats and all the conversion operations under the Sun. Zen. That's normal encoding. Now imagine a machine that generates the perfect size box for each delivery in real time, cutting down waste and shipping costs. That's CAE, optimizing the delivery based upon what the content is and how it's used. CAE can save up to 50% of storage and bandwidth costs and make the content look just as great. In addition to CAE, Zencoder supports processing of audio, generates captions using speech recognition, and has a rich set of APIs for developers to use. With its ease of use, industry-leading capabilities, and flexible options, Zencoder customers can start building their streaming pipeline in minutes. In the playback and distribution section of the supply chain, Brightcove's 18 years of experience really shine. BrightCode players and Playout solutions provide customers a scaled global playback platform which supports over 100 million streams per day. BrightCode Playout works on all devices from Roku's to smart TVs to Apple iPhones and Android devices. And we've modularized that for specific platforms with more on the way. Oh, it's also one of the fastest on the market. Bryco players support next-gen video formats with full dynamic advertising and come integrated with top-of-the-line security. Our playback platform supports screencasting via Chromecast and AirPlay, offline mode to take content on the go, and all platforms and screen sizes. Having the BrightCode player gives you a jumpstart to a Netflix, Peacock, TikTok, ESPN.com, and Pluto TV playback experience without having hundreds of engineers building it. Actually, one of those is a customer, so they already understand the value of not building everything themselves. In addition, with the acquisition of HAPIAC, we added a productized interactive module into the BrightCode player. With hundreds of designs, customers can enhance their content to drive interactive events, time-coded to video, increasing revenue and engaging users. Customers can create e-commerce and marketing experiences, and we're innovating on interactivity in digital advertising. Finally, we recognize that our platform is one pillar of the entire media ecosystem, and as such, the BrightCode playback platform is modular to allow any partner to integrate it with it. With the ever-changing media space, increasing proliferation of new screens and devices, and rapid change in privacy and digital advertising, having Brightcove in their corner allows our customers to evolve to new business models and distribution without having to worry about video playback. Next up, audience insights. You hear about big data every day, but big data without insights that you can act on means you're just wasting space. That's where BrightCove steps in. BrightCove's data solution is made up of our gravitas in the streaming space, coupled with the Audience Insights platform from Wicked Labs, which we acquired in February. That combined offering, known as Audience Insights, gives our customers a source of truth to drive their streaming business. The scale of our data puts us in a great position to identify important patterns and derive insights from them. A real world example helps. Most companies look at average duration as a proxy for entertainment value. But any average distribution curve can present a modeled view. We've embraced this notion with our unique Attention index. We take the percentage of viewers watching more than 75% of a video and subtract those watching less than 10%. Like a net promoter score for video, the attention index gives our customers a better view into how their content is performing. That's the power of audience insights. Audience insights works in all areas of the video supply chain. Which traffic sources are generating the highest LTV for you with an engaged audience? What if you made content shorter? Would it perform better? At what point should I engage with users to prevent them from churning? Audience insights solves that and much more. Consistent with our approach across all our pillars, Our Insights products are designed to support a multitude of partner data sources, including CRM and marketing automation platforms, which is essential in making Insight actionable. In a few minutes, Marty is going to talk about where we take this foundational service in the coming months. Foundational services aren't enough to be the most trusted partner in streaming. Productizing those components into end-to-end solutions allows us to meet the needs of all customers most companies today want to express themselves as media companies with video but very few have the capability to do so whether you're an e-commerce destination growing sales a fast food chain trying to talk to its employees or a marketer engaging users bryco provides a solution for all enterprises to act like media companies without the huge cost or expertise burden. Marketing Studio provides the raw power of BrightCo optimized for different operators. Easy-to-use content management, players, and performance insights helps to ensure the right content is reaching the right audience at the right time. Marketing Studio provides integrations into leading MarTech stack solutions, dams, and CMSs. Teams can create video portals for marketing or internal communication destinations for their employees without having to know how to code. The social integrations distribute content to channels such as LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, capturing engagement and performance across all channels. Our integrations allow social marketers direct access to approved content, simplifying the workflow to get videos in front of users. Media Studio is our end-to-end service experience for media companies. With Media Studio, companies can ingest, tag, manage, distribute, play, monetize, and analyze their content to achieve their business goals. Media Studio supports video, audio, live, video on demand, fast channels, and beyond and delivers a secure, scalable, cross-device playback experience. It gives media companies the confidence to focus on their core content business, where Brightcove does the full management of their streaming infrastructure. What makes Media Studio stand out is that our core foundational services of analytics, content operations, and monetized playback are threaded through the entire offering, In addition to the user experience version of Media Studio, everything from the media management panel to the player is supported by an open development and API strategy. From the largest content creators to innovative startups, everyone can use Media Studio to become a next-gen media company. Everyone wants to be in the OTT or GDC space today as media companies and brands want to get closer to their end viewers. But building an OTT platform from scratch carries a lot of downsides. It's not just the substantial launch costs, but the ongoing support runs as hot. We hear story after story of companies spending over 50% of their development resources on just app and website development, millions of dollars per year to just achieve parity on delivering video to the end consumer. It would be like filming a TV show and rebuilding the cameras every time. For those media customers, Brightcove has our OTT monetization solution, a framework for rapid development of OTT experiences, AVOD, FAST, SVOD, and beyond. Fully leveraging the Brycove foundations, customers get a streaming platform that stays up and delivers content to users all the time for a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves. This glass-to-glass solution also extends to monetization via Brycove's advertising platform. Tens of millions of videos are monetized via dynamic digital advertising through the Brycove monetization stack creating a seamless advertising supported viewing experience. That solution works with the major ad servers, such as Google and Freewheel, using our own server-side stream-stitcher technology to link advertising and content together. This is one of the most exciting areas of focus for Brightcove, and one that Marty will talk about in greater detail. With industry-leading solutions, end-to-end products, platforms that scale for the smallest customers to world-class events, and the trust that it flat out works while companies focus on their core business, you can see how Brightcove solves their streaming needs. Now Marty is going to show you how we advance that foundation for the future. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Scott. As you can see, Brightcove has one of the most extensive platforms for streaming, video management, distribution, and playback. It's an amazing foundation to build on. So where are we investing next? To answer that question, the leadership team went through a strategic planning review. We heard from new voices on the team, veterans with a great understanding of our history, partners and advisors with a healthy outside perspective. And of course, at the heart of this process is listening to our customers. It's a process we will revisit regularly to create a culture of always-on, long-term innovation. With a myriad of great ideas on the table, we have narrowed our focus to a set of key initiatives that present the best opportunities to accelerate revenue and increase our lead in the market. First up, we are extending our capabilities to help our customers generate more revenue from advertising. Scott talked through the extensive support we have for customers generating revenue from via video advertising today. But even with a growing online video ad market taking ad dollars from traditional TV and even other digital platforms, there's still room to improve this critical monetization avenue for our customers. We have hundreds of publishers using advertising today with many of our subscription-based customers evaluating adding a hybrid subscription plus advertising package to gain audience and retain their members. Our initial analysis of the aggregated ad insertion data shows more than a billion ad avails across our customer base every month. This is an untapped opportunity to benefit our customers, our advertising partners, and Brightcove. To address this opportunity and assist our publishers in monetizing their content, we will be integrating ad policies and a sell-side platform into our Media Studio product. To better understand and optimize the ad policies, we will be transforming the expansive video view and session data set we have to build ad insights, giving our customers a unique view into this revenue stream. We expect to announce our initial ad partner in Q4, and we will be onboarding publishers in Q1. This initiative will be supported by a revenue share model benefiting our customers and Brightcoach. Free ad-supported TV or fast services like Vizio, Samsung, Roku channels, and others represent another upside revenue opportunity for our publishers. A recent analysis by TiVo found one in five viewing minutes online were in a fast ad-supported service. And if consumers start tightening their wallets, we should expect more growth here. TiVo says that 78% of consumers are ad-tolerant. To reach these audiences and unlock this opportunity, we are extending our Brightcove Playout service, better metadata management for linear channels, as well as easy publishing of linear streams to these destinations. As exciting as the growth in fast services has been, there's still plenty of growth outside of North America. Most countries support a free view service with 40 or so free to air channels. We believe disrupting this traditional TV business model with an online fast equivalent it's a particular opportunity as we overlay our broad, diverse, and brand safe publishers from around the globe with fast services looking to expand beyond their traditional footprint. Of course, none of this works if the audience leaves because of playout issues. By leveraging the data from the billions of video views we manage every month, we are applying machine learning to truly understand what causes a viewer to disengage from a video service. This is commonly referred to as quality of service or quality of experience. To start, we intend to identify operational and network issues occurring in real time with a goal to drive a quick resolution. Everyone has experienced a slow start time on a video or rebuffering during a stream. Mostly, these are occasional annoyances and we have a host of tools to address them. Beyond the simple operational reporting, there there may be more systemic issues regularly impacting a small percentage of an audience. For these situations, we will identify and present the root cause issues that impact a unique audience insight called engagement status. As an example, we can prove a causality between a recurring slow time to start and a propensity for 1% of the audience to disengage from a video service. From there, and since every video view is valuable, we can constructively work with our clients to reduce the percentage of viewers that are at risk of leaving or unsubscribing. Switching gears from media to enterprise, the last few years have validated streaming video as our primary communication video for employees, partners, and customers. It's so prolific that the management and presentation of this video has become the next challenge for our corporate customers. We already provide internal comms as a service for hundreds of enterprise companies. The larger corporations often use a bespoke presentation template dialed in to match their brand and culture. We learn from these hundreds of examples, what works well, what distracts, and how to design a template that is easy to tailor for each company's brand and goals. From this, we are building a new out-of-the-box communication portal. Organizing and presenting the most important videos for each audience will be done simply and securely. Employees will be able to easily upload new videos, just like adding a video to YouTube with a built-in approval process. Integrations with key internal systems will ensure tracking and compliance when needed. And that leads us to our last product initiative we are discussing today. Brightcove has led the market, evangelizing video as the best way for marketers to break through the digital noise. As we talked about, companies are evolving from departmental use of video to a focus on consolidation and performance to a video-first marketing strategy. Ultimately, we see the biggest impact when a brand starts acting like a media company. But like every good marketing strategy, the proof is in the data, and the data should lead us to better decisions and actions. You're driving awareness by publishing video into key social networks that matter for our customers. Building video management modules directly into the customer's website and mobile content management system makes the marketing teams more productive. This all produces more data, and we are integrating our pipeline with CRM and marketing automation platforms. A data sync of video views can identify a prospect with an increased buyer intent, automatically kick off an email sequence, or flag a business development rep to follow up with a lead. With these integrations, our ambition is to make our marketing studio product an integral part of the customer's marketing tech stack. Beyond our product initiatives are a set of new services to complement and extend our relationship with clients. To walk you through these services, I'd like to introduce Jennifer Smith, Brightcove's Chief Marketing Officer.
5: Thanks, Marty. As you know, Brightcove was founded to serve large media organizations with big content challenges, and we are proud to still serve those companies. Today, however, every company has content challenges. Every company, not just media organizations, is using content to connect with their audiences. As David showed you earlier, the statistics for the power of video as a communication medium are compelling. That's why we believe that every company should think and act like a media company. Every company should think about content like a media company would think about content. For them, content is their business. They create, purchase, and distribute content to make money. And to do that, they analyze the consumption of that content, how to recommend new content, drive more subscription revenue, more advertising revenue, and how to get customers to stay, to engage, and to consume even more. Every marketeer now, whether you are a B2B or a B2C marketeer, should think about content in this same way. And many of us want to do that, but we just don't know how to get started. At Brightcove, we have huge volumes of data running through our platform because of the customers we serve. And with that comes valuable insights that could really benefit all companies looking to implement a streaming-first content strategy. Our data and expertise offers a unique opportunity for us to serve customers in a new way and help them with their streaming journey. Brightcove's content advisory practice will offer enterprises an accelerated time to return by providing highly specialized knowledge, expertise and guidance in the areas of content auditing, content assessment, content planning and content acquisition. A content audit will help prospects understand what they have in place today and where the content resides. So many people we speak to are overwhelmed with the many silos of video content that sits across their organization. Offering a service to consolidate, organize, and tag this content is in itself a huge benefit. The content assessment will evaluate performance of that content against industry benchmarks, and provide recommendations for performance optimization. The content planning phase will use the data from the order and assessment and help to build a plan to achieve even greater results. As part of this planning phase, we intend to offer what we call content as a service, where we can actually source content for customers through partnerships with providers like Video Elephant and other short-form video aggregators. With this service, we are not only providing an order and an actionable plan, but helping with the most challenging part for lots of customers, and that is being able to create enough content in a timely and cost-effective way. These content services will offer us the ability to penetrate new accounts quicker by offering a clear path for prospects, accelerating the sales cycle, and will allow us to expand our footprint in existing accounts with additional services that can be added to the software agreement. We also see content as a service as an opportunity within our media companies that need to source similar types of short-form content, and we'll be exploring more of that in the future. Combined with Brightcove's market-leading technology, this new content advisory practice will provide Brightcove Enterprise clients with a comprehensive full-service solution to move them along the streaming maturity model, enabling them to get started quicker and ensure greater buy-in across the company, and ability to scale to realize even greater results. We start by looking at how a company can optimize its current assets by consolidating on a central platform. Video content management has become a key part of the marketing technology stack. It's so critical that it integrates to all core systems, from marketing automation solutions to digital asset management solutions, from intent-based lead scoring to social media solutions. This integration is critical to move from the exploratory phase to the performance stage where analytics around video consumption and performance are key to building more successful marketing campaigns. As companies recognize what drives better results, they enter what we call the operationalizing phase, incorporating streaming across the entire company product training, employee communications, and investor sessions to name just a few examples. The real difference comes in the most strategic use of video and what we believe is the next generation of digital marketing and audience engagement. And that is building your own corporate TV channel, a Netflix or Hulu type experience to serve content to audiences in the way they want to consume it as an always on channel. Play TV by Brightcove is a perfect case study of such a channel. Why I video is the future and why I love what I do at Brightcove. This is our always-on channel where we can own our audience, wherever they are in the maturity curve. Here, they get useful tips, for example, in videos. I am delighted at the growing number of registrants that we're witnessing on this channel, as well as the high levels of engagement we see across the entire video library. And we're integrating this with our website and other marketing automation tools so that we can be informed of the needs of our audience based on the content they're consuming and the search terms that brought them to us. Most importantly, Play TV allows us to drive first party data and combat any potential third party cookie loss when we're using other advertising platforms. It's powerful, it's so powerful that we were the recipients of a Webby Honoree nomination for best OTT service. I couldn't be more proud of the team for building this new marketing channel on our very own technology. We are creating some fantastic content to have Play TV be the destination for all your streaming and video content needs. In fact, just this week, we've launched over 30 new episodes of content from very well-known celebrity content creators to industry thought leaders, customers, and partners. Another great example of corporate TV is Finastra TV. Finastra is a $2 billion financial services tech company and a Brightcove customer that launched a video-first strategy utilizing an always-on channel to feature their thought leadership and their marketing videos. Not only has it provided them with valuable first-party data and increased their engagement, but it also won them an award for leader of the pack in financial services for their digital transformation during the Acquia Engage Awards. So, with all that said, how will we, as Brightcove Marketing, drive even more demand for all the products and services that you have heard about today. We will do it by amplifying our brand awareness and getting our product differentiators out to our audiences through the most modern digital marketing programs that have video at the core. Brightcove Marketing Studio is at the center of how we will drive increased demand for our own products. We use our own video cloud solution including audience insights, and we integrate that with all our other marketing, automation, intent scoring, and website solutions. BrightCove is, for us and for many others, more than a video player on a website. It's more than a video content management tool. It's the streaming solution to create personalized, video-first marketing programs at scale our research shows that video is the most preferred content format across all stages of the buying cycle. Through the awareness, consideration, decision-making, and retention stages, video can be used in all mediums to inspire, educate, and move people to action. To execute on each of these stages, you need a streaming solution that not only manages your video content for multiple teams in an intuitive way, but one that can distribute content through multiple marketing mediums. We can distribute our content live and on demand through social media sites, websites, email campaigns, virtual events, always on channels and digital displays. Our top of funnel marketing activities will focus on identified named accounts in core geographies with an account based sales and marketing strategy we will surround the buying center of those identified accounts with coordinated sales and marketing efforts. This integrated technology stack that I've referred to will mean that we can send our sellers more qualified information on each account based on the buying signals and the content that that account consumes. We are already seeing a higher average pipeline deal size with this targeted coordinated approach. This will help us improve the performance of our marketing investments and ensure that we're setting Dan's team up for success. We already have good brand awareness in media companies, and you've heard today how we will focus on end-to-end complete solutions for new customers and accelerate innovation to help our existing customers grow their businesses faster. In addition to this, we're also going to focus on industry partnerships and outreach programs in the media space that will help us achieve brand leadership status. We strongly believe that our content services practice, coupled with the strength of our marketing technology integrations, elevates our brand to be a critical part of the digital marketing ecosystem for enterprises that want to break through this sea of sameness. And with that, now let me hand you over to Dan to talk through more details of our go-to-market strategy.
6: Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. During my first 90 days at the company, I've spent significant time with go-to-market teams and have been out in the regions. I have deep experience in building high-performance teams and I'm extremely encouraged by what I see here. I believe we have a big opportunity to achieve our goals of growth and scale. As Mark mentioned, our go-to-market strategy has two pillars, super serving the largest accounts and partnering to reach a broader market. The first is simple. We will go after bigger deals in both our existing customers and new accounts with our direct sales force. We will develop a strategic accounts team comprising of our most senior sales reps, sales engineers and solution strategists they will focus on our top 100 accounts. These accounts have been selected against an ideal customer profile where we believe there is a significant opportunity because of their use case, business challenges, and current technology investments. We have also developed a sales coverage model with dedicated new business account executives focusing 100% of their time on new logo target accounts. These account executives are supported by business development reps, in marketing to execute on a targeted account-based sales and marketing plan as Jen mentioned earlier. We are already seeing this strategy have success in seeing multiple seven-figure opportunities in our pipeline. The second pillar of our go-to-market strategy is to focus on broadening our customer base through partnerships. Streaming is a global multi-billion dollar market opportunity and the only way we can cover it in a cost-effective manner is to develop a comprehensive partner ecosystem that allows us to address the broader market. To accomplish this, we are focusing our efforts in three areas. One, launching a global channels team. Two, increasing the number of enterprise-level partnerships. And three, better monetizing our existing partner marketplace. In the past, we've talked about channel strategies but have not driven meaningful revenue from our efforts. Going forward, this will be a priority for us we have already begun to build out a global channel team that will expand our reach into new markets. As a best of breed platform, we will strike channel partnerships and build technical integrations with market leading systems integrators, OEMs and other channel partners. Beyond traditional channel partners, I'll be partnering with David Beck's corporate business development team to strike enterprise level partnerships and integrations. We made substantial progress on this front recently by more closely partnering with Roku a true win-win collaboration that enables us to work together to bring media clients to the Roku channel while offering BrightCode services to our mutual customers. We are thrilled to be partnering with Roku and have a number of exciting discussions ongoing with other partners. Our goal here is to find new ways to get our software and solutions in the hands of more customers and better serve our customers with more features and distribution endpoints to their content. Finally, last year, Brightcove launched a partner marketplace, rapidly setting up over a hundred technical integrations with partners to enable us to seamlessly deliver partner solutions to clients. Our focus is on monetizing this ecosystem through commercial referral and reseller agreements. I believe any great revenue organization needs to be extremely customer and solutions focused. Part of the strategic initiatives you heard Jen talk about was our ability to launch new consultative services which truly expand the solutions we provide to our customers. One area of strength I've seen in my time at this company is the talent and experience in the sales engineering and solution strategist teams. I believe we can align this expertise more closely with our sales team so that these teams can work more effectively together to provide the best solutions to our customers. The alignment leverages the power of our technology and existing services as well as new initiatives that you heard about today. The combination will give us true competitive advantage to be able to help our customers along their streaming journey and for them to realize material impact to their business. Reels is an American digital cable satellite television network, a customer of Brightco for five years. We have supported Reels for multiple years by continually improving this solution through engagement with our global services team. I believe this approach in our execution can meaningfully drive up ARPU, increase the retention, and significantly improve our Salesforce efficiency. As part of our customer focus, we will remain heavily invested in improving retention. Deb Richards, EVP of customer success, has done an incredible job building her team and processes to improve our retention rate by several percentage points over the last few quarters. This year, we launched Brightspot, the Brightcove customer community portal. The community is a place for our customers to come together, connect, share, and learn from one another. We have recently built a customer-focused marketing team that is actively building deeper customer engagement in the community. Our net promoter score continues to increase quarter over quarter and year over year. The increase from quarter to quarter was 10 points, and year over year, 25 points in Q3. We attribute this to increased focus on the customer experience from onboarding through adoption. The customer success managers and support teams have done a tremendous job engaging with customers and meeting SLAs, which is evident in the growth of our NPS. A great example of our customer retention efforts is the recent renewal of one of the largest streaming services in Asia. This company has been aggressively investing in its content strategy in recent years and relies on Brightco, to provide much of the technology to power a world-class user experience. During the last quarter, this customer hosted one of the largest ever live streaming events in its territory. We successfully supported millions of unique and concurrent users. Based on our success supporting them to date, this customer continued its multi-year relationship with us, renewing this multi-million dollar contract in the quarter. We have a tremendous opportunity to grow our presence in existing accounts and to win new logos with the combination of our platform, services, and customer focus. Now more than ever, customers need to be able to differentiate by more powerfully connecting with their audiences. I'm excited for the year ahead and I know that our team will deliver. With that, let me hand it over to Rob.
2: Thanks, Dan. I'm now going to take a few minutes to walk through what you can expect to see from the company as the new strategic initiatives begin to bear fruit. I'm going to address three main topics today. First is how is Brightcove going to accelerate revenue growth and achieve double-digit revenue growth on a consistent basis in the future. Second topic will be our ability to scale and drive approving adjusted EBITDA over and above the adjusted EBITDA profitability that we have maintained for five years based on our latest guidance. And third, what can we expect to see in our long-term financial results? So let's jump right in. What are the key drivers of how we will accelerate our revenue growth? As Mark discussed, one of the key aspects of our strategy is that we will be increasing our business model flexibility so that we can capture a larger portion of our customer share of wallet. Today, the business is 95% plus SaaS revenue and we have been hyper-focused on maintaining this SaaS revenue model as the only revenue model. This has meant that as we look at revenue opportunities, we would not entertain them if they were not SaaS. As we look at the video landscape, this has limited where we've been willing to do business. For example, we deliver customer ads through our CSAI and SSAI technologies, but today we do not actually help our customers monetize the content, because that market does not fit neatly into a SaaS model. It operates on a revenue share model. By being more flexible and delivering what the market is actually asking for, we will be able to capture a larger portion of our customer's spend on their video technology. I wanna stress that this doesn't mean that we are pivoting away from SaaS. Our expectation is that the sizable majority of our revenue will continue to be SaaS, but we will be better able to serve our customers in the manner in which they wanna buy. Expanding our addressable market and the share of wallet we can acquire from our customers. In conjunction with the expanding business model flexibility, you've heard the team discuss our product strategy around building more end-to-end solutions and our sales focus up market to the larger strategic customers. As a result, we believe we can continue to improve our ARPU, net revenue retention, and our customer base. Starting with ARPU, we plan to drive an increase in ARPU through multiple ways. First, by expanding our models to give us the freedom to work with clients in new ways. Second, as Dan discussed, our strategic account team will focus on bigger deals. And finally, as Scott and Marty walked you through, we will be delivering more solutions and product opportunities to our customers, driving a larger add-on business. We also plan to increase our net revenue retention across the business as Dan discussed, an increased customer focus within the new sales structure. And as you saw throughout the presentation, better and more complete solutions and services, creating more hooks via expanded business models into these customers. We believe this combination will drive our net revenue retention over 100% over time. We also plan to grow our larger value customer base. Dan highlighted the new focus in sales and how this will help us grow the number of larger new customers that we have and also better service the existing ones. And through partnerships and new models, you saw how we can drive a broader customer base going forward. We believe that each one of these strategic areas will help drive revenue growth, growing our existing customers, retaining our existing customers at a higher rate, and growing the larger value customer base combined we believe that by improving on these three areas, we'll be able to move the business from inconsistent single digit revenue growth to consistent double digit revenue growth over time. Now let's talk for a minute about how we drive scale in the model. We have multiple ways to scale the existing model as we grow. We believe we can expand our current non-GAAP gross margins through two key levers. First, we believe we have the opportunity to continue to drive efficiency in our delivery model we continue to focus on improving our cost of goods sold for existing products and plan to see continued improvements in this area. In addition, as we explore new business models to deliver to our customers, we expect some of these will be at significantly higher margins than what we are delivering today. With a combination of improved efficiencies and expansion into higher margin solutions, we believe we can drive our non-GAAP gross margins to 70% plus over time. Along with expanding non-gap gross margins, you've heard about the organic investments we are making in our solutions and in our go-to-market model. However, we believe that we have the majority of the resources on staff today to complete our strategic initiatives. This is an exercise in redeploying resources rather than simply hiring new resources and expanding our headcount. Where you will see us hiring is where we currently have expertise gaps. By bringing experts into select roles we believe we'll be able to accelerate how quickly we can deliver our strategic solutions, such as ad monetization. Because we do not require a large expansion of headcount and will have improving gross margins, the majority of the revenue growth will drive significant increases in our adjusted EBITDA margin profile. While we have been consistently profitable on adjusted EBITDA since 2018, we believe we can improve our adjusted EBITDA margins from where they are today to 20% plus over time. In addition to the organic levers to scale the business, we have a strong balance sheet to support other growth options going forward. We have $31.3 million in cash at the end of the third quarter and no debt on the balance sheet. More than anything, this provides us with optionality as we look to scale the business beyond the organic growth. That flexibility allows us to look at opportunities of scale that can add tens of millions of dollars in revenue and drive our strategies faster and more completely than we could do organically alone. All of this leads to an attractive long-term model. Taking the accelerating organic revenue growth into account and our ability to leverage existing resources, we believe that we can drive the company to sustainable double-digit revenue growth and improve adjusted EBITDA margins to 20% plus over time on an organic basis. Any M&A activity would scale the business faster than this organic model. With that, Let me have the rest of the leadership team join me and we can begin our Q&A. As a reminder, if you have a question, please enter it in the window pane to the right of the video player.
3: Hi there. Sorry for the late start, but we're excited to answer your questions, and we're certainly going to wrap up by four. So I'm going to turn it over to David Beck to lead us through this, as he's got the iPad. he has got the questions.
4: Thank you, Mark. Um, please continue to submit the questions. We have a, a number come in very quickly, uh, and I think a theme that I've seen in several of them, Rob. I think this is probably a question or set of questions for you. It's how should we think about the growth of the existing SaaS business? Can it support? 10% plus and are there new initiatives in there that are contributing to the upside above and beyond that?
2: Yeah, so I, I think as you think about the initiatives that we're launching, they're ancillary and they're uh, additive to that SaaS business, but also help the SaaS business. So growth is going to come from both the SaaS business and the initiatives. For example, as we build out more robust solutions, that's going to help our retention on the SaaS side be better. That's going to help us land new customers. So it's going to accelerate the SaaS revenue while also bringing in its own revenue. So from an organic basis, we'll be able to hit that double-digit growth rate on a go-forward basis. I
3: also think some of those initiatives act as added retention capabilities for us, right? As you get more hooks into those customers, I think it really helps us retain them at a higher higher rate than we are you know, so far in our history. So, I think there's going to be advantages there, too. Uh, a related question,
4: what can you do to the core SaaS offering to improve gross margin? What added services uh, have above and beyond uh, margins of the core ad monetization, consulting, etc. Yeah, Yes, so I think that there's two pieces to it. On the core SaaS platform,
2: you know, we have the ability to scale there. It's a continued focus of our R&D teams to really drive down our cost of goods sold. And we believe we can get some additional margin there. And then as you look at the new revenue streams, like ad monetization, some of those are going to be at significantly higher gross margins than what we see today. So, overall, that's how we're going to get to that 70% plus gross margin. It's going to be a combination of continued improvements on the core SaaS platform, plus some of
4: these additive initiatives that have the higher gross margins. Got it. And you mentioned some of the new growth initiatives, um, ad revenue being one of them. What do you expect the mix between, you know, uh, in the long term between SaaS and ad revenue?
2: Yeah, so I, I don't really think about it as SaaS and ad revenue alone. I think about it that you know today we're 95% plus SaaS. that's going to come down to something in the 80% range and that 20 that additional 20% is going to be a mix of potentially additional services ad revenue and some of those other ancillary revenue lines but again that SaaS business will
4: be a growing core component at about 80% of the overall business Got it okay um, I see a few other questions here and I think Dan these might might be in, in your lane. There's a question about hearing across the enterprise software market that large deals you know, are, are a little more difficult, they're getting harder, uh, and getting more scrutiny from management and boards. What gives you confidence you can sign these types of deals?
6: The confidence is coming from our pipeline. Uh, we're being pulled up market right now. Uh, we have more seven figure deals um, than I thought we would at this time. I'm 90 days in, so I joined and we had one in the works and now we have a number of them in Q4 and more in Q1. So we're getting pulled up and uh, it's pretty exciting. Great, and there was
4: a related question that said, the approach of having dedicated teams focused uh, on the top 100 and uh, going after new logos, is that, a, is that really a reflection of a new sales and organizational structure?
6: It's a little bit of a shift in the org structure. Uh, what we're doing is we're focusing where we're seeing action and we are finding bigger opportunities, and what we're trying to do is concentrate them on our more senior uh, account executives and our more senior SEs. So we're organizing around that. We're also going to separate new business reps I talked about earlier uh, to install base reps or account managers. So we want to mine the base. We want to specialize, and we want to get really hyper-focused and uh, grow the new logos as well. Got it, now on, on the
4: other side of, of, uh, of sort of the sales cycle, there's two questions here from a few that are around retention. Uh, the question is, what, what new steps is the company taking to drive improved retention versus past initiatives that we've made uh, around retention?
6: So, can I take that, that's for me? Yeah, start. Um, right. yeah. So, organizationally, uh, we're aligning account managers with CSMs, so we're basically uh, focused um, in two ways. On our install base. We're going to have an account manager that's focused on the commercial end of the business. They're going to own the renewals. They're going to uh, be looking for growing new opportunities uh, to expand in the account. And we also have CSMs, and they're going to work day-to-day with our customers. They're going to do QBRs. They're going to be hyper-focused on their success with the technology and the solutions. And
3: I wanted to chime in just something you saw in the presentation was that improving NPS score. And I think it's a a tribute to the customer success team that we have, that we frankly this company didn't have a few years ago, right? It's really developing and building into a, a really sh- a strong function for us. And when you see that type of NPS improvement over time, you, you really understand that we're doing more, better. Now we have you know solutions on on you know in development and ready to go that are going to help build that confidence in in our solutions over the long run. We can do more for customers, and then you have a team that's really servicing those customers and showing them how to engage with the product. I think that's where you get that, that special sauce of real growth and improvement on the retention side.
4: I think the last question um, in this category, as I'm kind of scanning through here, is around um, churn, especially in the media business in the past, and sort of what's your confidence in the ability to execute these new growth efforts you know, without that churn that had been a challenge um, in, in, in prior years?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll take that, and Rob, you can, you can chime in here too, given the history. but. Um, Look, we think the media business is going through a fundamental shift. Hopefully you saw it in a bit of my presentation, a bit of David's, uh, and the product initiatives that Marty talked about. We are going after very specific things that we think can both be you know, wedges into new customers that are larger, but also super serve those larger customers that are on the media side, which were typically the ones we were seeing churn. And where that churn seemed to be coming from, and obviously I was not here at the time, and, and Rob can chime in, is that... You know, those companies were moving towards do it themselves, right? They were realizing they needed bespoke solutions at the time, and there was not enough of the different pieces in the market that they thought could do it. I ran one of them, right? And I think the change in that market is that there's been a shift. The shift in the large media companies and maybe down into the mid or at least those top 100 globally is that they're they're going to need to save money, and they're not going to want to save it on the content side of the business. They're going to want to look at technology, and the things that don't need to be original and bespoke for them and effectively get off that treadmill of continually hiring hundreds if not thousands of engineers and product people to maintain bespoke solutions. So it's not just about winning those top four or five media companies or business from them. We have business from them in certain cases, but it's about that top 100 or more globally uh, that Dan talked about the strategic accounts team that I think is going to really blossom for us because I do think it's a unique moment uh, in the industry. Yeah, and as you think
2: about the initiatives that we laid out, it's really moving to a more end-to-end solution that serves more of their needs and is going to really get the hooks in them and make them a little bit stickier versus where we were five years ago in conjunction with that market shift that Mark just talked about.
4: Great. So we just talked media. Now it's actually shifted over to enterprise. And, Jen, I think this one, one is for you. It says, what should we think of in terms of launching and scaling the consulting advisory services business Primarily in terms of timing, what, how's how's it going to take? How long is it going to take to sort of ramp this up, and what's your view on on getting that up and running?
5: Yeah, sure. So what's exciting is that we already offer part of this service already. We offer the audits um, that is the first part of the consulting practice, and really wanting to expand that is coming from the pull from our customers in them asking, well, how can you get me started quicker? How can you get me to grow and understand how I can benchmark against industry KPIs? So we can already do some of it. We are going to build it out to be bigger and more programmatic. We're actually hiring for a leader right now and we expect to be able to have a full offering um, to put to customers in Q1. That's
4: great, thank you. The um, other question, uh, there's a line of questioning around product. Um, and so one of the questions is, you know, what additional product initiatives, of the additional product initiatives that you're highlighting, what percent of the full streaming tech stack will you address? What are the key things left out that you don't or won't address?
3: Uh, it's a great question. Uh, I, I, I tell this story because it's, it's sort of funny. But I, I used to say to people, like, streaming is 47 things, right? Like, it's all stitched together. And I, you know, I was half exaggerating because I really do think it's a dozen or so buckets that the way we put it in, you heard Scott put it into sort of three or four uh, earlier in the presentation. Uh, I did have a major media company, CTO, say to me that they had 43 different work streams in the technology stack of streaming. So I was close at 47. It's 43. Uh, I think we do a tremendous number of those. We fill the majority of those buckets with very high-end solutions, if not the best in class, uh, across the board. We can run a service effectively soup to nuts for, for most you know, mid-tier companies and maybe even some of the larger ones as we as we scale I'd say there's certain areas where we're not going to invest a lot of money and time because there are great point solutions out in the market. You're not going to see us, you know, tomorrow developing a transactional engine uh, because we have great partners on that front. We use Stripe, we use Evergent, there are a number of other major companies out there that provide you know subscription service you know, that the subscription transaction service, and we're not in the necessarily in the payment processing business. I'm not going to dive in there. So I think there are examples of that throughout the stack, but what you see with the things that we're developing, why we're going after QOS and QOE, why cloud playout is an important initiative for us, why we're thinking why we're executing now against ad monetization and moving in that direction, why we want to have a more robust solution for communications professionals, especially on the internal side, why we want to build those integrations with all those, those marketing uh, uh, tech stack partners, is that we want to be able to fulfill more of that end- to end and be stickier for our customers. But in the example where we don't, you know, want to go build that solution, or don't have it, or there's a great one out there, we have built a partner market, marketplace, which uh, sits under David here uh, and, and on his team. And maybe you can comment a little bit about, you know, the
4: partner marketplace where we're headed with it and, and why we have it.
1: Sure. You
4: know, I think as it was reviewed in, in earlier, um, the marketplace includes, you know, about 70 or so odd partners, 100 plus integrations. And the purpose of that aligns with the core strategy around end-to-end solutions and creating a seamless experience for our clients. And there are areas where uh, we're specifically out looking for best-of-breed partners uh, and following both what we believe are interesting things happening in the market, as well as what clients on the edge are asking for, uh, and I'd say interactivity and modules of interactivity, particularly around live interactivity, is one of the areas where, again, we, we want to be sort of the gravity for some of the best companies out there in the market and be able to seamlessly deliver those to our clients. Yeah, and I think Dan's
3: – oh, sorry, Jen, were you going to – I was in? just
5: going to add to that on the integration side from the enterprise. We have more integrations than any of our competitors that we work with, and which makes us be able to fulfill that complete streaming solution across multiple marketing mediums, not just one-off tactics. And I think being able to broaden that, to be able to deal with all and manage and work with all integrations across enterprises, something that um, is key to us and that we have a focus on.
3: And I'll also chime in and say something that Dan has, has brought as a focus on solution selling, right? Selling and solving customers' problems. And we have a tremendous team on that front, both services and our our sales engineering team, and they really understand the depth of our product, but also that of the partnerships we've created in the marketplace and on the integration side. So we have a a really strength there in terms of our go-to-market and how we can sell into that that solution marketplace. And I think there's going to be a great opportunity for us going forward by having that focus.
4: Uh, We we promise to be wrapped up uh, around four, so that's about five minutes from now. So a couple more questions. I see several around... Uh, the initiatives, all the growth initiatives and questions like, you know, where do you see the greatest revenue potential? Um, how do you think about timing? So maybe we can collectively address a few of those in one. Yeah, I'll start. Maybe Rob, you can pick it up mm-hmm. and, and Jen as well. I, I think we thought of this as
3: a portfolio approach. Uh, we have a number of initiatives there and we think they all can and should be successful you know, like like a smart portfolio, though, you're going to manage that there aren't going to all be, you know, home run winners, right? And so we do understand that some of these things are going to go out into the marketplace and perform differently than others. Uh, and I think they are going to roll out over time. Some are going to take us longer, take, you know, what were, uh, some of the things that Marty talked around, uh, Marty talked about around CDN and optimizing that, that's going to take us a little longer than rolling out our ad monetization solution, which we said is going to be in Q1. So I think you should look for us to be consistently delivering... New on those new initiatives over time, over the course of now and to 23. Uh, And I think the revenue opportunity from them also, they all are in the millions of dollars. The question is how many millions and when, you know, that's the question we need to go figure out and and win, right? We need to go sell it into customers. We need to develop it and launch it and then, you know, build in a customer base that's really going to thrive using those solutions. And we think that will take us, you know, sort of near-term, amount of time but you should look for those to be in the millions over a course of a number of years
5: yeah and i would say on the go- to market side you know the, the product solutions we've covered but on the go- to market side um, being able to to really get out and and move up market and be able to take those solutions so that we can expand and create more of these larger pipeline deals and really surround these accounts with a very coordinated sales and marketing effort that Dan and I are working really closely together on will really make a big difference and will push the go-to-market initiatives quicker.
4: I think we've got one, one final question, and this again relates to the initiatives and how to, how to think about them. It, it, I think we'll, there's two or three here that are essentially getting at. It sounds like many of these initiatives are, in, in fact, solving real solutions for clients. Some of them may have different margin profiles, so how do we collectively look at that balance between gross margin and growth and obviously supplying what clients are actually looking for you? Yeah. You
3: want to that, Rob? Yeah, sure. I,
4: I
2: think as, as you think about growth, it's going to be a balanced approach, right? We're looking at across the initiatives. We've talked about getting the company to double digit growth plus, but the flip side of that is we've also talked about getting that gross margin to 70% plus. And as I said before, there's two pieces to that. There's one, What are we doing with the existing SaaS business and how are we focused there to reduce our COGS and and drive that overall margin up on the existing SaaS business? But again, we've got a portfolio of initiatives on the other side that are going to help growth. And those margin profiles range pretty dramatically. But as a bucket, we think it's going to be net additive to our overall gross margin. And we think we can get that to that 70% plus range.
3: All right, well, uh, with that, I want to, first of all, thank the team uh, for joining me today. I want to thank you all for joining. Uh, Hopefully, what you you took away from today is that we believe we have the right strategy, the right vision, uh, the right solutions, the right products, the right go-to-market strategy and partnership point of view, and the right team to deliver both accelerating revenue growth and accelerating EBITDA margins over time, and therefore, hopefully, shareholder returns for all of you. Uh, With that, I really want to thank you from our team and from the board of directors for joining us today, and we really appreciate you watching.